Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Are we on? All right. Good morning and welcome to Outdoor Worship. Here we are and I am going to welcome everybody online too. Hopefully the streaming is going well online. I don't have Zach here to check that out because he is still leading our teenagers for their mini mission trip. So they are finishing up and they're worshiping with Epiphany UCC this morning, which was the host church. And so hopefully to everyone online, I hope everything goes well. We are trying our hardest to make sure that everything does. So if anybody has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. Do we have any announcements? I have just a couple of announcements from Gay Maltreader. The number one announcement is that she is not going to be here this morning. So there will be no cookies and conversations this morning. Okay. Undo what I just said. Ignore what I just said. You are going to have cookies in conversation. Uh, And then my next announcement is that Gay wanted me to make sure that you all saw in the Zionite about the cruise that's coming up, that Lockport cruise from the Women's Fellowship, and it's open to everybody. You don't have to be a part of the Women's Fellowship. And so it's open to everyone to be a part of the Lockport cruise, and I am going to create an online sign-up sheet tomorrow so that you can just sign up online. That might be a little bit easier. So that's it for Gay's announcement. Good morning. I just wanted to let everyone know that I will still be selling tickets for our chicken barbecue, which is on Friday, August 27th. It's three weeks from now, well, three weeks roughly. Um, It's from 4 to 7 p.m., and the tickets are $12 each. If you do wait until the day of the event, the tickets are $13, and we absolutely will sell out, so don't miss out. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Tim. I just want to bring your attention to the roof. I know we can't see it now. We're going to have a ladder set up over here, so if you want to go up there and see our brand new roof. Ted's shaking his head because he's the insurance guy over there. He doesn't want anybody up there. I just want to say it looks great. We're moving on to our next project, which will be the impromptu one, the uh, office. And uh, take a look at it. You don't like it. You will after it's done, though. And back to the host. Thank you. I needed that pause there. So good job there, consistory president. Okay, so friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. And let us take a moment to safely greet one another. And let us join in a moment of prayer. 
Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. Lord, we are so thankful that you have gathered us here today, whether we are worshiping outside or online, Lord, and we just pause to say thank you, to say thank you for all that you do in our lives, to say thank you for all of the work that you make possible. We just pause this morning to say thank you and to ask you to fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can turn off all the busyness of our minds and we can worship you this morning. Help us to worship you. Help us to praise you this morning. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Can you guys come sit up here with me? 
Come forward, kids. I see you all right there. Let's take a seat on the ground right here. <laughs> take a seat, kiddos. Let's make a circle. It's been a little while since we've had a children's moment, hasn't it? Oh, take a seat right there. Good to see you guys. How are you? Good? Yeah, that's wonderful. I miss seeing all your faces. You're tired? Oh, boy. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I even miss your face because you were at Dunkirk all week, so I do miss your face, Walter. I miss all your faces. Now, I want to tell you about something. Do you realize we're missing the teenagers this weekend? Have you noticed there's no teenagers here? Yeah. You guys are so smart. Yes, there's a mini mission trip. You've been without your brother. I bet you miss your brother terribly, don't you? <laughs> so the teenagers are on a mini mission trip in Clarence. And do you know when you get older, you're going to get to go on mission trips too? Hopefully they won't have to be mini ones anymore. He's actually at Boy Scout camp. Normally he's on the mission trip, but this time he's at Boy Scout camp. But yes, and so here's the thing I want to tell you about the teenagers. The teenagers have been working really hard all weekend long, like really, really hard. Like you know how hot it is outside and how hot it's been all weekend? They've been outside pulling weeds and cleaning up gardens and doing so much stuff. They've been working super, super hard, and I'm so proud of all of them. But one of the other pastors who's on the trip named Pastor Krista, can you guys say Pastor Krista? So, you know Pastor Krista. Yes, you met her just the other day. So, Pastor Krista, she is actually, she's the one you met at Dunkirk, and she took a picture of you and Taylor and her and sent it to me because I was missing you guys. So nice of her to do. Okay, so Pastor Krista was talking to the teenagers, and she told them that they all have a gift that they get to share, and that gift is called the gift of faith. Do you guys have the gift of faith? I think you do. Your parents and your grandparents love you so much. They make sure that you're here so that you can learn about God and you get all this faith. And faith is such a wonderful thing. But what she said to the teenagers is while they're on this mini mission trip, and normally they go on a longer mission trip, but they want to share that gift, not just on the mission trip, but every time that when you get the gift of faith, it's a gift that keeps on giving. And so we want to share the gift of faith. So how can we share the gift of faith? If we're like walking out in the world and be really re being really mean to somebody, are we sharing the gift of faith? No. What about if we go out into the world and we're really kind and we're so nice to people? Does that share the gift of faith? Yeah. No. no, I think it does a little. And what about if somebody's going through a really hard time and we look at them and we said, well, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. Does that share the gift of faith? <laughs> what if we're, somebody's going through a hard time and we tell them, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Is that sharing a gift of faith? Yeah. No. Okay, Walter's in opposite world right now. Uh, he has, but we want to share the gift of faith. So what I want you guys to think about right now and today is ways that you can share the gift of faith. Because your parents and your grandparents love you so much that they're making sure that you guys are being raised to have such tremendous faith. And you get to share that faith with the world. And when you share that faith with the world, it's such a wonderful thing. And you can do great things with it. And you can be kinder. And you can be more loving. And you can change the world. And do you guys want to change the world? A little bit? We're going with opposite, so that means yes. So, yes, we all want to change the world. And we want to change it for better. And we can change it for better by sharing the gift of faith. All right, let's stand up and let's say a prayer. No, we can't. Your scratch is still on my nose. Oh, you have a scratch on your leg. Oh, darn. Okay, let's stand up, say a prayer. We won't, we won't fully huddle. We'll just make a circle.
Let's make a circle. Up, up, up. Okay. Why don't we make a square? I think it's really hard to make a square. All right. So, all right. So let's pray. Why is it that the pastor's kid's the one that doesn't stop talking? All right. Let's pray. Holy and loving God, we ask that you bless us all with the gift of faith and bless us so that we can share that gift of faith with the world. We thank you, Lord, for this gift, and we ask that you bless our children so that this gift can grow in them and they can share it with others. We pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and together we say, Amen. You guys can go off to Sunday school. One is good to give thanks. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Let the people say, O Lord, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. Let the people say, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are deep. You are my rock, and you, in you there is no unrighteousness. Let the people say, O Lord, you are my rock and my salvation. Amen. Secret in the quiet place, in the stillness you are there. In the secret in the quiet, I wait only for you, cause I want to know you.
Amen. Now we are going to read from 2 Samuel chapter 18, but before I read to you from 2 Samuel chapter 18, I've got to give you some information. Now, who here was in Bible study this week? We only did the one. Just a few of you. Okay, so those of you guys who were there, you don't need this recap, but the rest of us might need it, and it's a little bit confusing. There's also something really traumatic that I'm about to tell you, so I just want to remind everybody to take a deep breath as I tell this story because sometimes some of the things that happened in the Bible were really tough and really terrible. There is rape. There is murder. There are bad things that happen in the Old Testament because people are people and people do bad things sometimes. And as we read through the Old Testament, we often get these stories of what happened. And the writers are not going to change the story so that we don't see what really happens, but they're telling us what happened. And sometimes what happened at those times, sometimes the things weren't good. So I'm going to tell you about this. I just want everybody to take a deep breath before we do this. So I want to tell you about the sons of King David. Now, King David had multiple children. He had multiple wives, multiple children. His oldest son was named Amnon. Can you guys say Amnon? Amnon. I'm saying this to you because they're both going to start with A. I want you to stay right on track. So Amnon was the heir to the throne. He was supposed to become king after David, you know, would assume uh, die of old age. That's what David had hoped, that he would live a nice long life, die of old age. And then Amnon was supposed to take his place as king. He was supposed to take over as the heir of the throne, But Amnon had some really deep issues, bad, terrible issues. And Amnon lusted over his sister Tamar, his half-sister Tamar. I know, not good. I warned you, things are not good. We're getting the story, and and people do bad things sometimes. And so Amnon had lusted over his half-sister Tamar, and he ended up devising a prayer, uh, a plan to rape her. It was terrible. That's why I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not going to hide anything from you. And so Amnon ended up raping his sister Tamar. And it's his half-sister. They had the same father, King David. They had different mothers. Now, King David didn't do anything about it. He really just didn't. Of course he was upset. Of course he was, you know, horrified with the fact that his son would do that to his daughter. He didn't end up really doing anything. So Tamar had a full brother named Absalom. That's the name you got to know right now. Can you say Absalom? Absalom. So she had a full brother who was the third brother of David named Absalom. So Absalom was not very happy that his dad didn't really do anything when his brother Amnon raped his sister. And so Absalom, he devised his own plan. And as he devised his own plan, he ended up making this plan where he got Amnon drunk. And then guess what he did? He killed him. So David's son killed his other son. I'm telling you, this stuff isn't pretty, but we're getting the truth. We want to know the story. We want to know what happens, even if it's bad. And so after that happens, then David ends up not really knowing what to do. Absalom gets sent into exile, but then this is really long story short, you know. So then Absalom ends up coming back and actually really kicking David off the throne a little bit. And then the two of them battle. And that's where we're going to find ourselves in 2 Samuel chapter 18 with this wonderful, beautiful story. I'm being sarcastic there. We, but you know what? Even with the tough stories, we can learn a lesson, can't we? So we don't want to skip over the tough stories. We want to learn a lesson. So we are now going to read from Second Cha- uh, Samuel chapter 18, the first 17 verses, and then we're going to uh, jump down to verse 33. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Yeah. Starting with verse 1. 
Then David mustered the men who were with him and set over the, them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. And David divided the army into three groups, one third under the command of Joab, one third under the command of Abshai, son of, Zer, of Zeruah, Joab's brother, and one third under the command of Ittai the Gittite. And the king said to the men, I myself will also go with you. But the men said, you shall not go out, for if we flee, they will not care about us. If half of us die, they will not care about us, but you are worth more than 10,000 of us. Therefore, it is better that you send us help from the city. And then the king said to them, whatever seems best to you. So the king stood at the side of the gate while all the army marched out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king ordered Joab and Abshai and Atai saying, deal gently uh, for the sake of my son Absalom. And all the men heard when the king gave the orders all, to all the commanders concerning Absalom. King David is saying, do not kill my son Absalom. That's what King David's saying there. Don't kill my son Absalom. They're fighting, but he doesn't want another son dead. And so the army went out. Uh, into the field against Israel and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim and the men of Israel were defeated there by the servants of David and the slaughter there was great on that day 20,000 men I want you to understand that 20,000 men were killed and the battle spread over the face of all the country and the forest claimed more victims that day than the sword and Absalom happened to meet the servants of David and Absalom was riding on his mule and the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak and Absalom's head caught fast in the oak and he was left hanging between heaven and earth while the mule was uh, that was under him went on and the men saw it and told Joab I saw Absalom hanging in an oak and Joab said to the man who told him what you saw him why then did you not strike him there to the ground I, I would have been glad to have given you 10 pieces of silver and a belt but the man said to Joab even if I felt in my hand the weight of 10,000 pieces of silver I would not raise my hand against the king's son for in hearing uh, the command the king command you and Abshai and Atai for saying for my sake protect the young man Absalom and on the other hand if I had dealt treacherously against his life and there is nothing hidden from the king then you yourself would have stood aloof and Joab said I will not waste time like this with you and he took three spears in his hand and he thrust them into the heart of Absalom and while he was still alive on the oak tree and then ten young men Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him and then Joab sounded the trumpet and the troops came back uh, from per, from pursuing Israel for Joab restrained the troops and then they took Absalom and threw him into a great pit in the forest and raised over him a great heap of stones meanwhile all the Israelites fled to their homes and then we're going to read the last verse with King David's response the king was deeply moved not in a good way and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept and as he went, he said, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would I have died instead of you? Oh, Absalom, my son, my son, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
sing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind. I'm going to give you a little warning, by the way. I am completely exhausted, just in case you wanted to know. I have no idea how teenagers stay up so late. It's no wonder why they like to sleep until, you know, so late. And then I'm going to tell you a funny story just for fun before I start preaching. So uh, I only slept at the church one night. 
because then like of course last night I ended up coming home at like 11 o'clock after dropping them all off and I was exhausted but they were still going uh but um there was one night at 5 20 in the morning I start hearing these little Japanese voices and I was like what in the world is going on why am I hearing these little Japanese voices at 5 20 in the morning well one of the girls had fallen asleep with her Bluetooth headphones on watching those anime videos I don't know if you know anything about that but a lot of the teenagers like that kind of thing and so her Bluetooth headphones must have died so at 5 20 in the morning I'm woken up by these little Japanese voices so I went and turned off her phone but then I was awake so I got up and went for a run because that's me um (laughs) I was just I have no idea how teenagers do that anyways with all that said hopefully words come out of my mouth only by the grace of God because that's the only way this is going to happen so now let's join in a moment of prayer holy and loving God Lord we turn to you today You are the God above all gods. You are the one who gives us faith and hope. And you are the one who helps us to share our gift of faith with the world. So, Lord, we just ask as we talk about this difficult story that we just read, that you just bless us and help us to learn something new. Bless us even when we read the hard stuff. Bless us and be with us. We pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, our rock and our salvation. Through Christ we pray. Amen. So there's this saying that maybe you've heard before, but it says, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig to graves. I think as we're reading through this, it's such an important story. Before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig to graves. Now, I don't know that much about revenge, but from all the stories that I know and from this story right here, I don't know that revenge really ever makes that much sense. We think that, you know, we're mad at somebody. We want to get back at somebody. We want to get revenge. But does it ever go as planned or does it end up backfiring? I'll tell you here in this situation, it ended up backfiring. But before I even tell you that, uh, I'll tell you that I understand why Absalom did what he did. I understand why Absalom was so angry. If I was Tamar and my three brothers were there, I wouldn't even want to know what my three brothers would have done if they were Absalom. I think that it would have been a dangerous place. I could imagine two of them just getting enraged and the other one devising some kind of really funny plan. I have no idea what it would have been. He would have been maybe more like Absalom. So I I understand Absalom. I also understand that Tamar was a princess. And for anybody to do what they did to Tamar, that was a crime that was worthy of death. I understand that in Old Testament times. And so really what Absalom was doing when he killed his brother was just fulfilling what was supposed to happen. He was following the penalty that Amnon was supposed to face. And so I understand Absalom. And that's also why so many people sided with Absalom when it ended up being Absalom versus David. When Absalom started kind of fighting for the throne, he did it because so many people supported Absalom for what he did. So many people were on Absalom's side saying King David did nothing to Amnon. At least Absalom did something. But the problem is, is that it didn't stop there. It didn't stop with just the killing of his brother because I don't think that revenge ever stops with just one thing. I don't think revenge ever stops with just 
one act. I think so often it continues and it gains momentum and not always in a good way. So suddenly in Israel, there was this divided nation, even worse than we have today. Think about all the division in our nation today. It was even worse than that. There was a divided nation and people were either King Absalom or King David. They were on one side or they were on the other side and they were willing to battle even to the death. That is what happened with revenge. The revenge that grew in Absalom, it grew so strong and so mightily that suddenly it wasn't just his thing that he wanted to start, but it was something that surrounded the whole entire nation. That's what happens with revenge. And just think about this. This is why we always have to be careful to check our anger. That's what happens. I get angry about something. I want revenge for something. And then I start telling Tim about it. And then Tim hears my story. And he starts getting fired up about it. And then he turns around and tells John. And then John turns around and it goes from one person to another to another until suddenly everybody is all riled up. That's what happens when one person wants revenge. Then suddenly it starts to spread. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And it happens in small ways, but it also happens in large ways. How many wars are started because of something like Absalom and David? How many wars are started like that? How many friendships are ruined because of that? Because one friend gets their feelings hurt and they tell another and then that one tells another. And bad things happen. That is what happens when we seek revenge. My father-in-law was listening to a sermon once for a funeral. I think it was a publicized funeral or at least part of the sermon was publicized. And he was listening to this sermon by a pastor who was once again officiating a funeral where there had been gang violence. Now there were these two gangs and they were retaliating one after another. It's like we had the one gang over here and the other gang over here and this gang killed a member of that gang. So then that gang killed a member of that gang and then that gang. You know how this goes. The retaliation continued. And so he was listening to this sermon by this pastor and this pastor basically at this funeral said, you need to stop it. Stop retaliating. Stop fighting back. All that's going to happen is every single one of you is going to end up dead. All of your mothers are going to be forced to bury you if you keep retaliating one after another. The pastor tried so hard to get these young men to see that they needed to stop what they were doing. They needed to stop fighting for revenge. He tried so hard, but my father-in-law said he was really afraid that the sermon was falling on deaf ears. Revenge. Anger can be so very dangerous. Do you know in our Old Testament, it's okay for an eye, an, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's part of the law. Absalom was actually right in following the law in killing his brother. His brother raped a princess. You know what happens if you do that? You don't deserve to live at that time. That's how it was. So Absalom was really just fulfilling the law of that time. But let's think about what Jesus says. I love how by the time we get to the, old, to the New Testament, Jesus is like, I want you to think about things a little bit differently. I don't want you just to take everything the way that you've taken it before. I want you to think deeper. I want you to think harder. I want you to challenge yourselves even more. And so Jesus, he looks at these crowds and, and he looks at them and he said, you've heard that it was said. And I love that Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The reason I like that so much is because he's not saying, God told you before an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. He's saying, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And he says, but I, I want you to do something different. Don't resist an evildoer, Jesus says. If someone uh, slaps you on the right cheek, what are you supposed to do? Give them the other... <laughs> 
Women's History President Tim Schlegel. What did you just say? <laughs> I think you are being Walter right now, aren't you? Oh, my goodness. I'm starting to feel like I'm at a comedy show right now or something between Walter and Tim. No, that is thank you. Thank you for your guess. I appreciate that. But no, that's not the answer. We're not supposed to hit him back. But so many people want to. So many people want to hit the other person back. Think about it. I learned that evolutionary psychologists actually say that revenge is part of our instincts. It's part of how we're kind of made to be just like fight or flight. Revenge is one of those things. So if Marcel hurts me, I'm going to want to go after him. And maybe I'm not even going to want to go after him, but maybe I'm going to want to go after his beautiful wife. You know, people do terrible things. And, and so that's what happens. But it's part of the uh, evolutionary psychologists say that it's kind of part of how our brain works. But Jesus says, I don't care how your brain works. I want you to be different. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evildoer. But if what someone slaps you on one cheek, give them the other cheek as well. If somebody takes your coat, give them your cloak as well. If somebody makes you go one mile, go the other mile as well. Jesus challenges us. Now here is the thing. So often people think that revenge is the tough thing to do. Doesn't it seem like kind of like the manly thing to do? I'm not very manly, but doesn't it seem like the manly thing to do? You know, me and my high-pitched voice, oh, so manly. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the, the most, uh, revenge often seems like the tough thing to do. Somebody hurts you, you got to go after them. Somebody attacks you, you got to attack them back. And that's the way that maybe our brains are wired. But Jesus says, let's think about this differently. Imagine if you show mercy. Imagine if you show love. I was watching just the other day uh, some of these videos that came from Homeboy Ministry Inc. or Homeboy Inc. It's this wonderful program. I've actually showed uh, some of you guys the video here in the sanctuary or one of the videos uh, about Homeboy Inc. But it is this amazing program that's for people who have been in gang violence. And in gang violence, as we've talked about, you know, retaliation is such a thing for gang violence. One gang uh, hurts another and then the other one retaliates. But uh, this Homeboy Inc., it's this amazing place where they get lots of therapy. I'm going to pause right here. Imagine if David and Absalom had had some serious serious family therapy. Would it have benefited them? You betcha. Absolutely. They needed some serious family therapy right there. But so at Homeboy Inc., it takes these former game, uh, gang members that have been arrested and in prison and everything, and it gets them the ministry that they need. And it puts them to work and teaches them how to work. And I was listening to some of the testimonials from some of the former gang members, and they said, well, we all grew up on the streets. We all grew up not knowing any better. We all grew up with that instinct that you needed to retaliate. We all grew up not knowing that we were worthy. We all grew up not knowing that we were loved. We grew up not knowing any other way. But then they got to Homeboy Inc. And there's a Homegirl Inc. as well. They got to Homeboy Inc. And they learned a better way. That's what Jesus teaches us. Jesus teaches us a better way. Now, I'm guessing none of you guys are about to go on a killing spree, killing anybody for something that they did to you. Am I right? Yeah? Okay. I, I, but you know what? We do struggle with anger, don't we? We do struggle with those feelings. Maybe somebody does something to us, and maybe we want to get them back. 
Let's be honest. Anybody ever have those little thoughts sometimes? Somebody does something and you're like, oh, what could I do? You know, sometimes I didn't see that many hands there, but I'm going to guess. I went on. We're going to pause right here. Let's be honest. I'm all about honesty. You know, you can ask me any single question and I'm going to tell you the answer, whether it makes me look good or not. I am all about honesty. Have you ever once in your life had somebody do something to you and part of you wanted to get them back? You may have not acted on it, but part of you wanted to get them back. I think you guys are should be raising your hands. I'm going to guess. I don't know. I think everybody, because it might be part of our nature, but Jesus teaches us a more excellent way. Imagine if Rick hurts me and instead of getting him back, I say, Rick, let's talk about this. What can we do? What's broken in our relationship? What does Jesus want us to do to mend this? How can we fix this? Just imagine if that happens. Imagine if instead of getting people back, we follow Jesus and we choose mercy and we choose grace and we choose love and we choose therapy and we choose kindness and we choose resolution and we choose mediation. Just imagine if we did that. I mean, our country, well, we got some division. We're nothing like Israel at the time of Absalom and David. People think things are bad. Believe me, we're not all just going out and physically killing each other. But I just imagine if even with the division that we have, if instead of one side ever retaliating against the other, side imagine if we just spoke to each other imagine if we loved each other imagine if we just acted more and more like Jesus how much better would this world be Jesus teaches us a more excellent way just going to tell you one more story. We have all these kids in our neighborhood. It's amazing. I, I love, I didn't want to leave our last house because I loved our old neighborhood. And believe it or not, I even love this neighborhood even more. But there's so many kids in the neighborhood. I think that's why our kids fared so well during COVID because they're all just running all over, you know, from one person's house to the other person's house. But there's these two kids in the neighborhood who struggle with anger. And they struggle with things, and when and they don't really like each other very much. But all the kids are always playing. And so sometimes when one of them does something to the other one, the other one retaliates. One of them does something, one of them hits the other one, or maybe even by accident, sometimes that happens, but the other one retaliates. And you know what? Guess who gets in trouble? Both of them. They both get into trouble. They both get grounded. They both get put in timeout, whatever it is. But we need to be able to show our kids, too, by example, that there is a better and more excellent way, and that Jesus teaches us a better and more excellent way, that we do not need to just listen to whatever our brain might tell us that it wants to do, but instead we need to pray about it, and we need to follow the instruction of Jesus. We need to listen to the words of Paul that says, do not seek vengeance at all, but instead let God's just take care of it all. We need to follow the better and more excellent way with the large things, but also with the small things, with those small little petty things. And with the large things, we need to follow Jesus in all of his examples and follow a better and more excellent way. If only Absalom and David had done that, Absalom wouldn't have died. David would have not had to bury a second son. 20,000 men would not have been killed if only they had known about the words and the advice of Jesus. Imagine how much better this world would be if we all followed that advice. Anybody want to say amen to that? Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, Lord, we turn to you. Lord, I just can't stop thanking you this weekend. All that I've seen you do in this world, all that I've seen you do in the lives of our teenagers, all that I've seen you do in the lives of our young adults, and all the ministry that's been done both here and in Rochester, Lord, I just can't stop but say thank you. 
all weekend long, I'm saying thank you. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for giving us a, a place where we can come and we can talk about difficult things and we can try to better ourselves and better follow you. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to follow you even in the ways that are actually tougher, even as we try to overcome our anger and our vengeance and follow you more faithfully. Lord, we just thank you right now. We pause to say thank you, and we ask that you help us to be more and more like Jesus every day. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. time now for our offering uh, most of us are a lot of us are still giving online please keep on doing that and the ushers will be passing around uh, offering plates Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks, give thanks. Now I appear to have not included our prayer in the bulletin, and I think we could mostly all say it, but instead I'm just going to pray separately. Lord, we thank you for these gifts. Bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Bless us and help us to do your will as well. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
My friends, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. My friends, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To God be the glory, now and forever, now and forever, amen. To God be the glory, now and forever, now and forever, amen. My friends, may you grow in faith and in the promise of our Lord and Savior. My friends, may you grow in faith and in the promise of Jesus Christ. To God be the glory, now and forever, now and forever, amen. To God be the glory, now and forever, now and forever, amen. God be the glory, now and forever, now and forever, amen. To God be the glory, now and forever, now and forever, amen. Now let us go and let us be blessed. Go be blessed and be a blessing to all. Amen.